Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Stadium Experience with your host, Jake Helms, and the show where we talk about the latest and greatest happenings in the world of sports right here on 90.7 WXIN. Today, as teased, we're going to be having the third anniversary special of the show. That's right. It's been three years, not quite to the date, because, you know, weekdays aren't always on the same day every year. Calendars are a whole... Hell of a thing. The Mayans got close, though. They got very close to a full calendar. Just that extra fourth of a day throws everything off. So anyway, though, it's close to the third anniversary as we are going to get. Are we going to celebrate today? We have a lineup of guests. Nobody nobody too excited. Well, I'm not going to say they're not excited. Just, you know, bring back some old old friends. Good old, good regulars. And they just kind of, you know, I don't want to say celebrate myself, but... You know, if you don't if you don't acknowledge your own accomplishments, sometimes, which I've done by doing a podcast for a consecutive amount of time, I guess. Radio show, you know, it's, it's very impressive. I've done, I've done something consistently for a long time. You know, I don't have my bachelor's degree yet. I live with my mother. I make minimum wage, but I have done this for three years consecutively. So I need to celebrate this a little bit. And if you want to call in and celebrate with me or bride me, I don't care. Call in at 401-456-8787. Once again, the phone number to get on the show on the third anniversary special. 401-456-8787. With that, you are listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley. Third anniversary spectacular. Jamboree. Bash. And with that, we're going to dive in here and... So the funny thing about these anniversary episodes, because it's my third one now, is that A, since the first one, I do not plan these out very well. The first one, I went like balls to the wall. I got all these random people. It was a fun time. Good time. Really? Last one. I tried. I, I tried. This year, I wanted to do a theme. This year, I really wanted to do a theme. I want to do like the greatest enemies of the stadium experience theme. I want to do like the villains episode. And then I didn't, because I, I didn't. I, I didn't have time. I've been busy lately. I'm gonna be honest. Like that's that's just it. I've been I've been too busy to to do that. But I want to do the villains episode. I want to bring in all my greatest uh, greatest enemies of the show, which there are surprisingly numerable, which is either a testament or a. You know, a knock to me. But, yeah. And then I didn't contact any of those people because all the people I was thinking of really don't like me. And really would not want to come on the show, probably. So I didn't do that. So we're not doing the Enemies episode. Maybe next year. Maybe there isn't a next year. I don't know yet. Stay tuned for the future of the show. I haven't decided it at all yet. But. But we're still going to have fun today. We have a couple of guests. We have a couple of uh, old old pals coming in. We're going to talk about really, you know, it's funny too, because this time of year, there's not really a lot. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. We, we can, we can, we can, we can hop on the, um, we can, we can say mean things about the Red Sox. We're going to say a lot of mean things about the Boston Red Sox. I said mean things about the Boston Red Sox last week. Guess what? They came down and made it worse. Um, Sam Kennedy. Who is? A part of the ownership group. 
the president of the team, came out yesterday, because today is Monday. Today's Tuesday. Yesterday was Monday. Yesterday was just an awful day for me. By the way, if we want to get into that for a few minutes, how bad yesterday was for Jake. But we won't, because the walls have ears. But we're here to celebrate, not complain. Well, we're here to complain, but not about me. The team president for Red Sox came out <laughs> and they basically complained about the fact that ticket sales are down. That ticket sales are down for the Boston Red Sox, who did not make the playoffs last year, who until three days ago didn't have a manager. And the manager they hired is, I don't want to say milk toast, but Ron Renicky is far from, what's the word? Good. That's a good one. Um, inspiring. Exciting. He's probably the safest hire. Assuming that he is then not implicated in the cheating scandal that the Red Sox have still not received their discipline for. You would think that they know he's not going to be, but yet somehow the interviews are still ongoing, so they can't possibly know. But they had to have a manager because, you know, spring training starting now. It's going on. It's happening. So. They don't have a manager. Or they got a new manager and nobody, and he's just like generic, user-created, randomly generated manager man. Baseball manager man. Ron Renicky. They have him. They do not have. They traded away their best player like three days like a week ago. They do not. They do not have a number three starter in the pitching rotation. Or if you really want to sit here and argue that Nathan Avaldi is a fine number three starter, they do not have a number four starter in the pitching rotation. So you see, I can turn that one right back around, that one right around on you. I will, I will give you on that. I will show growth and I will admit when I'm wrong and then turn it around to you and remind you that they do not have a fourth starter. They have... Martin Perez, I think, is his name. I don't care what his name is because he's not good. So, the Red Sox have a lot of things that are not good. And then Sam Kennedy comes out and basically tries to pitch the family plan for the tickets. And on the talk about this now, is our first guest of the day. Our good, good friend. Good friend. Kenny Doyle, editor-in-chief for GuyBostonSports.com. He hasn't come on in a while. And uh, Kenny, are you excited for that Red Sox family plan? I've been looking into it. You know, that's, didn't they say nine bucks? That's pretty cheap. I nine bucks? Bring the whole... I get to sit, like, in the parking lot? or I, You know, you get to watch Martin Perez... You know, go on, go on the fourth day. Maybe go to one of those bullpen days. See Matt Barnes get the start. 
Well, I'll tell you what, it'll be better than the game I watched. I think it was Adam Cook pitch uh, a few years back when Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown and he gave up back-to-back home runs. At least I got to see Miguel Cabrera, but it's got to be right up there with that, watching Martin Perez on my bucket list. But, oh, and oh my God, I forgot to list the most important, but I was giving my list, which I put you on hold during, because I was, I, was in, I was too deep into it, Kenny. I'm not going to lie, I told you to call, then I got on a roll, and I'm like, ah, he can wait a minute. He, he can sit on hold for me. I'm going to roll right now. I forgot, on top of all those things I listed, the last thing is that the Red Sox ha- raised the ticket prices this season. They went up. They decided, wow, the getting is good. We got to get more. So the Boston Red Sox are, I don't know if anybody's brought this up, Kenny. I don't know if this is a unique observation by me. All right, are you ready for it? Okay. The Boston Red Sox are in disarray. <clears throat> Which I, once again, you might not notice if you haven't been paying close enough attention. You might not be able to tell. But not looking very appealing right now on any front. Is there anything you're, I mean, is there, I mean maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe you know more. Is there anything about this team that you're excited for? Um, well, yeah, I think that there's maybe one or two things that you can be excited for. I mean, nice. certainly Raphael Devers is still a young player that everybody loves and should be excited about. Who might regress um, because I- the manager who could communicate with him is gone. Sure, maybe. Outside of that, I mean, they still have some good players. I don't know if you're very excited about them because they don't have the, the same juice, obviously, Mookie has. I mean, everything that we talk about here with the Red Sox is obviously with the huge shadow of Mookie leaving over it. So it's kind of hard to be excited about anything. And, you know, I can say, hey, their lineup still isn't that bad. But then you would come right back at me and say, well, they just lost their best hitter. So how great is can their lineup be? And you their know? second so, best I mean, pitcher. They still have J.D. Martinez and Andrew Benintendi and, you know, Raphael Devers and Xander Bogarts and guys that are, you know, really good hitters, all-star uh, caliber, you know, guys that have, or at least guys that have come pretty close to making the all-star game. I think Andrew Benintendi was a few votes away from making it in 2017, and Devers was obviously pretty close in 2018. So, I mean, they have good hitters. It's just kind of hard to make the argument that their lineup can lead them to the postseason when they just lost Mookie Betts and they have, as you kind of said, Martin Perez in their starting rotation. His name is Martin Perez. I'm getting that right, correct? Like, I'm not going to be that mad if I'm getting it wrong, and I probably won't. But his name is Martin, right? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, if it isn't, I, I don't think anybody could would be, would be the wiser. It's not as if uh, I mean, some it's of the, a, a pretty profile name. Whoever went out and bought their bootleg, bootleg Martin Perez jersey is pissed. Just, yeah. just so. So one thing they did that I actually have to ignore – if I'm going to dump on every signing they've made, and I've dumped on every signing they've made this offseason, I have to give them credit for signing Kevin Pillar. If not for any reason, then I spent years on the side of Kevin Pillar being, a, being the best center fielder in the AL East. For years, I said that. So, I mean, like, they got they got a better center fielder than Jackie Bradley, at least now. Well, I mean, you, so, you give them half credit. You give them I, I will give them half. I will give them full credit for that. Just well, because. they need to get rid of Jackie Bradley now, They right? do. You're right. They do. They absolutely. I mean, Alex Verdugo, the best person, the, the, the man of the year that they traded Mookie Betts for is injured, which is just, just, it's, it's poetic. Like, it's, it's poetic that he's hurt. 
Like, do you realize that, Kenny? How poetic yeah. that is. It's yeah. it's kind of beautiful. I mean, like it's, just I, one I final rake in the face. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. I, you know, if they, I'm not going to say that they didn't know he was hurt before they made the trade. I assume that was part of the holdup. I 100% they, they believe that they didn't know he was hurt before they made the trade. I would say not, well, before they made the original trade maybe, but I feel like, you know, with, with that whole medical holdup, the whole thing was about Ray Rawls medicals. I have to assume it was about Verdugo's as well because they, they brought all the guys in for medicals. They evaluated all of them. I doubt that slipped past them. So, I mean... It, you know, I, I think that that was part of why they reworked the deal, why they wanted extra compensation, and why, by the way, the Dodgers acquiesced to being the ones that gave them more compensation. The Twins didn't necessarily give up that much more in the trade. It was the Dodgers that gave up. Well, more. I would hope and the I Twins think, didn't give up much since they didn't get anything. Right. Well, I, I, but I think the perception was, why are the Dodgers the ones who have to give up more if they don't have the injured goods? If it's the Twins that are giving you the injured goods, aren't they the ones that have to give up more? And it, it ended up being, I think a lot of people thought, well, the Dodgers just gave up more so they could get the deal done because they just wanted to, you know, they, they couldn't go back on it now. They wanted to get Mookie Betts at price in there. But you could also say that maybe now that we know Verdugo's back situation, the reason they gave up more was because they were the ones with the injured player that the Red Sox were most upset about. So I think, I think it's, we have to give the Red Sox the benefit of the doubt there because they did end up reworking the deal because of medicals and, you know, people made a big deal out of greater all, but it was probably a lot to do with Verdugo too now that we're hearing about his injury. No, I don't, I don't give him benefit of the doubt. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe it's unfair, but... I, I well, you know what? They haven't earned it. So. They, they, don't, they don't have a great history of, you know, doctors. I don't know why. Massachusetts is some of the best hospitals in the world, right? Boston is one of the best medical, one of the medical capitals of the world, right? I believe, yeah, they have great hospitals in Boston. Baseball team just constantly can just not not get it right. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what kind of program they're getting to get their doctors in there. Like I don't. I don't know, man. Like I, they were just so distracted by the other guy. They didn't take a look at Verdugo. They didn't. They didn't, they they clearly did not research the guy very well. I don't. I don't know. It's just. It's. It's. It's just mwah, that it all comes out at the end of this that he's, he's injured. But they signed Kevin Pillar. So, you know, I got a nice little Valentine's Day present. I can't lie to you. I can't. I. I don't know how he did with the with the Giants. I don't really care. But like I said, I spent years saying Pilar is better than Bradley. Like say he's the best center fielder in the league. He's not even the best center fielder in the division. So I. I gotta give them that. I have to give them that. I, I, I can't walk back my Pilar takes now. Yeah, not to rain on your parade, but I was researching Pilar uh, when they signed him, and I think he had a negative defensive war with the Giants last year. So. I, I don't I don't care. I don't I don't maybe maybe this is one of my more radical takes, but I, I honestly could barely care about a player's ability to play de- defense in baseball. I, 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 I don't know why. It's probably my own ignorance. I just don't value it. Very much. No, I generally agree with you. I mean, Jackie Bradley is going to make what two, one, maybe two more catches a game than if we if we really want to moneyball this. Like, how many extra, how many runs is he saving versus how many is he not scoring by not being able to hit? Yeah, like, I find it's it hard to believe that it, it, it's the value is uh, like how many mistakes first. is a bad professional fielder actually going to make? Right. How many? Not a lot more. 
So, yeah, anyway. I think, I think with, like, a defensive player in almost every other sport, even basketball, like Marcus Smart, if he's getting a steal, if he's getting deflections, if he's, It's a one-for-one, like, one. yeah, it's a one-to-one. One. Yeah, that, that, well, or at least there's a tad bit more value there. Oh, sure. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not exactly one for one but it's just not. In baseball, it's, it's not even close to one for one it's like one for like one to nine or something i don't know some crazy it's, like it's not the, the value is not close at all no like yeah so anyway so that's, that's why i don't value defense the that's why that's I, the problem with the worst that because it does it does treat it as if it's one to one when it's not so it's, it's yeah. you know that's, that's the issue with it that's why i don't value defense just at all just like I, I would rather have i've said this before i'd rather have nine i'd rather have nine jd martinez's out there fielding every position and I feel like over the long term, like it's going to even out. Like they're going to figure out how to do it because they played baseball their entire lives. And in the end, like fielding is a lot of just throwing and catching. Yep. Like once again, I'm sure there are some baseball people out there that are going to be really mad because baseball people get really mad when you criticize anything. I wish I loved anything more th- as much as baseball people love like the little nuances of baseball. Like I wish I liked something that much. And I don't. And there's nothing I like that much. So it almost makes me like a little sad. So, Kenny, I mean, just continue on about like just anything you like about this Red Sox team. I mean, as I said, Devers, obviously, they're hitters. Other than that, no. I mean, there's there's not a lot to be excited about. There's no real prospects that seem like they're on the They don't have a fifth starter. (laughs) Right. I mean, I like Jeter. I want to know what's going on with Jake Room because, by all accounts, he hasn't totally fallen off as a prospect in the same way that Trey Ball has. Like, they draft Trey Ball seventh overall, uh, you know, trying to run there. But, but they, they draft him very highly, and then he just falls off the face of the earth. By all accounts, Jake Room has not done that yet, but I still haven't heard that he's close at all to coming to the majors. So, I mean, and he's the guy because if they, he's the only guy that you, pitching prospect in their system that you can even hope has a chance at coming up. And I've heard Hawk. I've heard Tanner Hawk might be I I the thing with Hawk is that they kind of that they rushed him up the AAA last year and well maybe but the thing is Groom was the guy that was the high pick the high pedigree he was Hawk was the first round pick going to be the number one overall pick in the draft supposedly Groom so mm-hmm. and then he fell to the Red Sox because of his personal issues and whatnot but I mean you know this is this is the guy that they've been kind of riding about for for years and. I mean, I would hope I would hope he could come up and, and make an impact. I don't really know about that. I don't know how close he is or whether he was, he was in AAA and it was a bad idea. He should he should not have been in AAA. And Dombrowski put him in AAA because he's like, we need bullpen help, even though he was being developed as a starter. And now they're back to developing him as a starter. So he, I've read that he might be able to come up at some point during the season, which is great because he's a starting pitcher maybe, and they could use one of those. They could use a few of those. But Groom, too. Yeah, I forgot about Groom. And I, by the way, the only reason I know that I even think of Tanner Hawk, Hawk is because I watched him get drafted the one time I ever watched the MLB draft. So if you want to know why I know that name, that's why I know that name. Because I happen well, to be. Listen, I mean, other than that, I, I don't really know what you want me to do here. I mean, it sounds like you're trying to have me talk you into the baseball. Team. Oh, no, like, you're not going to. What gonna. is there? What is there for me to be? That is, Please that's like Herculean to uh, Bobby Dahlbeck might get some, you know, maybe, maybe Chavis will actually play the full year. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, what do you want me to tell you? Are you want me to tell you that Roger Rodriguez is going to make a Cy Young push? I don't think that's going to happen. Like, Chris this, Sale this, might this, not this. break down. If they're not making the playoffs, it's not a big deal. If Chris Sale breaks down in September. 
I mean, they don't have a lot going for them right now. That is very clear. That Yes, I mean, I am excited to see. I think that they, they have four all-star caliber players, four players that could make the all-star team in one their of them, lineup. One of them, Brock Holt, left today. Okay, well, I'm not counting Brock Holt. And people I'm are counting, sad about it. You were sad about it. Which people are going to be potentially more upset about. But I still think that he has that potential. He came pretty close to 2017, so I'm giving him that, uh, that, that uh, sure. credit a little bit. Sure, why not? Bit, but, why? Why not? But, it's a Benintendi year. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, it, yeah, like you said, it's it's hard to get excited about a lot. They, they they still have a top five payroll, and I believe John Henry made this comment yesterday in his atrocious press atrocious press conference that it that somebody brought up the idea of a his infomercial. He made the aside. He made the aside. You know, the, I think this would be a record payroll for a bridge year. So the Red Sox still have. A lot of players they're paying a lot of money that are really good at baseball. So I expect, I mean, people should want them to make the playoffs. People should put that expectation on them, make, still keep that as their goal. Because, I mean, this team doesn't deserve a pass from people. And, I, you know, this is something I'm going to talk about in a few days and an article I'm working on. But, I mean, people should not just give the Red Sox a pass on the season because they traded Moogie Betts and they're all upset about it. Like, hold the Red Sox accountable. Hold them to a standard that a team with a top-five payroll in baseball should be held to, regardless of you the see, type of team they have I don't, right now. A big part of me doesn't want them to make the playoffs, because if they do, that then kind of, I think, in the eyes of the ownership group, validates what they're doing right now, which I don't want to see. Cause I kind of sure, isn't that still overall a good thing? Like if they're validated, sure. I mean, I mean, like, I guess it means that whatever they're doing works. I just don't think what they're doing should work, and I don't want to be wrong. Sure, but outside of that, <laughs> like it, I'd it rather be right about how to build a baseball does. team. It is, so, it, but it is objective. It does objectively work? I mean, it is basically good if it does work. And I mean, you know, I don't think the strategy of building a baseball team. Uh, I don't think the strategy of not wanting to give out ten-year contracts is necessarily. Bad business. I oh, think not that, at all. Just, you know, the, the, the business of, you know, not trading him at midseason when he weren't making the playoffs could have gotten more for him. Well, I did write about this today, actually, just minutes before I came on the, Excellent. the show. Excellent. It's fresh. New news for me. Just that uh, MLB free agency has two major problems that I wanted to talk about, which were Go. contracts are too long and baseball players, uh, they, they, I mean, they, they stretch out for, you know, you see these Albert Pujols contracts 10 eight years, whatever. And the other big problem is that teams don't want to pay the best players in the sport and teams are letting those players walk. And, you know, when that becomes, when teams decide that it's not worth it to pay the best players in the sport, that's a fundamental problem. Like MLB needs to change up the system and rework whatever they need to rework with a salary cap or anything like this, put elements in place so that eventually teams decide Oh yeah, we want. It's not a question of whether or not we want the best players in the sport on our team. So I mean, contract lengths are a big thing for that. Another big thing to me is the eligibility for free agency, the years of service time. I mean, Chris Bryant isn't going to hit free agency until he's 30 years old. Like that is way too late. So <laughs> baseball, to baseball me, is a form of indentured servitude. <laughs> right. The, the rule to me, the, the rule right now is that once you hit six years of MLB service time, you get to be a free agent. I think that's ridiculous because it allows to arbitrarily decide when they want a player's free agency clock to start. They decide they can bring up the player to the majors whenever they want, and then his free agency clock starts. I think that's ridiculous. I think it should be five years after you play your first minor league game, 
that's five years after that point, then you get to hit free agency because I think it's it's uh, ridiculous the teams get to decide essentially when these players hit free agency. And we saw um, Chris Bryant actually, you know, when he was originally called up, the team left him in the uh, the minors for a month, even though he was clearly ready. They left him in the minors for a month and then called him up so he couldn't accrue a year yes. of service time because he needed 170 kids in the majors. And he just, by the way, this just shows how much a slog baseball is. Just this month, he lost a grievance against them that he filed five years ago. He filed that grievance against them I for remember. doing that. Six, five, now, five. You see, the grievances have six years of service time as well. Yeah, just now that resolution was reached. They denied it, uh, his grievance. So now, you know, he's not going to have free agency until he's 30. And it's just, it's, it's a ridiculous point that free agency players need to hit free agency for the first time when they're, uh, you know, 24, or 25, so that when you do sign them to the 10 year contract, if you're actually still going to do that, even though I think both should be a boss, but if a player is 25, you can actually sign him to a 10-year contract, and it might actually be worth it by the time he's 35, versus Albert Pujols is 40 years old now, making $30 million, and he hasn't made an all-star team in God knows how long. So, I mean, that's the biggest, those are the two big problems the MLB needs to fix. I have no faith they're going to fix these issues whatsoever, but I needed to put it on paper because these are the things that MLB needs changed. I, I want to stress this point again because I thought it was the best point that I could have made. When teams start deciding that signing the best players isn't good for their team, there is a fundamental problem with the system in baseball. So that needs to change. Yes, and I agree with what you're saying, but I will raise you this. You know what the real biggest problem with MLB free agency is? The speed of it. It takes so... God, I almost swore. It takes so long. Well, I think that's and a it just meanders and doesn't right. end. Every other free agency, ML, NBA free agency, great. It's done before it even starts. You can just park yourself down for like three days around the Fourth of July, just refresh Woj and Sham all day, and it's great. And I love it. NFL free agency, it's over before it even starts. Can park myself in front of my laptop and just refresh Schefter and Rappaport all day. Schefter, Rappaport, Schefter for like three days, make a weekend out of it. It's great. MLB free agency, it's like I just realized that Kevin Pillar got signed like three days ago. Well, and this is a big problem is that, you know, all the dominoes aren't going to fall till the big dominoes fall, right? Till the Mookie best trade happens, till yes. Bryce Harper signs, what have you, right? So, and, and this is the problem with that is it's a symptom of what I just said. The bigger problem is that teams don't want to give out, out these huge contracts and the players think they're worth it. So there's a two-month standoff. They're yes. in a stalemate because they're good. trying to – each one is trying to wait for the other to acquiesce to their number. And so, I mean, it, you're right. That specifically – that the fact that they even are waiting that long, it's like, speed it up, you know, one of you cave faster. Like, that's fair just, enough. Just, but, they all, but also, the, the reason they're in that stalemate in the first place is because teams know these contracts aren't worth it, and players know they will eventually get that that contract and that they're worth it because other players have that contract. So they, I mean, each one is just waiting for the other one to blink. So, I mean, it, that is a huge problem, but I think it's a symptom of what I just talked about is that it's just ridiculous that these teams you know, for these teams to sign this, these contracts and they know it and they don't want to do it. And that's, that's the bigger issue. And that is just some of the problems with MLB free agency, the worst free agency in all of sports, even NHL free agency, I feel like is better. And I notoriously do not follow hockey as much as I should, but yeah, I, yeah, 
I don't know. Who are even free agents at this point? Has anybody been signed? I don't know. Like, I lose interest. I'm well, apparently they're closing in on Jonathan Lucroy right now, the Red Sox. Oh, too, good. So I don't know if you saw that one. But. I mean, good. I don't know who that is. Is he good? What does he do? Well, not, well, not anymore. I mean, he used to be oh. an all-star catcher, but uh, oh, thank God, know, catcher death. All-star catcher. Now Woo! he now. I mean, apparently he's going to sign a minor league deal. It's just like you know, he hasn't been good the last few years. He's been on like six teams over the last four years, and uh, you know, I think five teams in the last three as well. And he. You know, so he's kind of bouncing around, and it's 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 not a great look for him for sure. But you know, I mean, he's uh, on the world he's, champion. He he recently with the Cubs, most recently, and in, in like a few games with them, them he had like under two hundred. So uh, you know, not really as good as he used to be. But I guess they're gonna kick the tires on him and see what they have. But you know, that's one guy. That's one guy that's still out there as a creator. Oh, thank so. God. Oh, thank God. No good salvation. The cavalry is coming in for the. Boston Red Sox, who have nothing and no one. Yeah, suddenly they have all this money to spend. I don't know where it came from. I guess. What kind know. of contract are they gonna give him? Okay. So, so is uh, is Ruse Castillo still down there? Can he? Can they bring Castillo back up, or are they still just not gonna do that? I mean, technically, just gonna keep paying him money that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. If they brought him up, they'd probably be over the luxury tax. So, uh, you know, still, still have to stick him down there, whether he's ready for the MLB or not. Oh boy. Oh well, he'll just keep winning AAA MVPs. He'll be the best player in the history. Of, he'll be the best player in Paw Sox history. The, I'm sorry, the Woo Sox history. Do the Woo Sox retire numbers? I mean, it's just a, kind of a disgrace to him. Like that, if this guy is really MLB ready, and the Red Sox are just refusing to bring him up to the minors, and like won't trade him or something, or like give this guy a chance somewhere else, please. I mean, it's just kind of absurd that they're just uh, you know like shoving him down there. And uh, I mean, I don't know if he's ready or not. It's not like we hear a lot he's, of buzz he's, about he's, that. Be, he's consistently like the best player in AAA. He must be ready. Like he must be capable of playing in the MLB. Well, we don't hear people clamoring is what I'm saying. Like, this guy is – like, I, I'm not hearing people all over the – you know, I, I'm sure if he was really that good and the Red Sox couldn't use him, that some team would come along and trade for him. I mean, I, you know, I doubt that no team would – people would just uh, refuse on principle to trade for him because, what, you know, what, he has like a slightly big contract and he's never been in the majors before. I mean, that's, that is obviously a huge impediment for a lot of teams. But if he was really that good and, like, was a guy – like, how is this guy in the minor leagues then – you know, then the teams would obviously come and do that, but maybe teams don't feel that way about him. So I, I don't know. It's, True. You know, I, I would like to see him get a chance somewhere, certainly. I, I mean, it's I'd like to see the Red Sox maybe, like, get some value out of that instead of just having him sit there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. The, anything. Training for anything. A it's a, yeah, it's, well, it is a minor league player who you, on principle, refuse to put, who you will never call up, who you refuse to call up. Not because he's bad, but because of some very complicated financial details so trade him for anything i don't care what trade him for a manager yeah, I, I don't know like <laughs> yes i agree with you i hope that they do but i have i mean it, it seems like there's i never hear anything going on there in my front trade so. him to get rid of pedroia's contract i don't know like i don't know there are things to do anyway thanks for calling in kenny thanks for having me jake it's and, been us know, I certainly cannot uh, go on this anniversary show without mentioning, of course, uh, the the mock draft spectacular. Yes, the, the it's Jake coming up. Bailey pick. It was um, it, the Jake Bailey pick from last year. It, I mean, it'll, it'll go down to history. It, it panned out. The greatest I, I'd say it you know? panned out better than Nikhil Harry. 
Uh, it, it will. It'll go down in history. By the way, I, I was listening to that, I think, uh, recently, and uh, just listening back, and I, I realized that I actually took Nikhil Harry uh, with my 49ers pick that I had, at, oh. like maybe 30 first. So, I don't know, pretty pretty solid by me, I would You made say, the same uh, mistake. You made the same mistake the Patriots made, not picking Debo Samuel instead. Well, I'll tell you what. I actually, on, on my um, pre my draft preview of players, they should target Nikhil Harry as one of those players for me. So I, remember. I, I actually was a Nikhil Harry fan. I was, so all, I, I was also you know. into it. No, no, I was into it, but it doesn't matter. It's out of well, our hands. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know what? Just be patient with Nikhil Harry. I'm gonna, you know, I, I also I, I have a ton, ton of stuff in the in the uh, in the you know upcoming here, and that's another one, Nikhil Harry. I'm gonna, you know, be patient with him. Just give him some time, and I'm gonna have some examples. You know, Demarius Thomas was a great near one in Josh McDaniels' offense. So maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Nikhil him and you know, maybe him and Marcus Mariota will build some good chemistry. Who knows? Well, I'm just saying. I just wanted to bring that up to say the Jake Bailey pick. It'll go down history. Great call. That drafted him in the first round. Ended up being a first round talent. And the Patriots ended up picking him. I mean, did not answer my Twitter DMs. <laughs> I've DM'd him on Thank Twitter. You. He never answered. I think he might have actually disabled messages after I messaged him. He did, in fact, disable messages or blocked me. I don't know. Either way, I messaged him. He didn't respond. He disabled messages after that. You can no longer DM Jake Bailey on, t- on Twitter. I might have ruined it for everybody. I apologize. I wanted to try to get him, like, before they got him in the building. Because I knew if they got him in the building, I was never going to get him. I'm like, well, maybe right now he's kind of amped up. California kid, he'll come on the show. They brainwashed him first. They got to him before I did. I cannot get any Patriots players on this show. I've tried. Try to get Joe Juwan Williams. He wouldn't come on the show. It's a tough scene out here. It's a tough. It's, a tough, it's tough to be me, is my point. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Jake Bailey never coming on the show ever. It's sad. But thanks for coming, Kenny. We'll, it'll be a mock draft spectacular this year, one way or the other. Sounds good. I'll All be of ready. my friends are gone and dead, but I'll figure it out. I'll figure <laughs> right, something no. out. Don't think I won't sit here and do it myself. Like, don't think I won't sit here and like make trades with myself. Well, you could. I, I, I do. So anyway, uh, thanks for coming on, Kenny. Thanks for having me, Jake. Right, we'll see you again soon. Happy anniversary. Thank you. All right, that was Kenny Doyle, the editor-in-chief for GuyBossInSports.com. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll be joined by our next guest. So we'll see you in just a flash. WXIN Stadium Experience, third year Spectacular Jamboree Festival City Fair, 4th of July celebration I'm here, we were just joined by Kenny Doyle in the last segment Now for our next guest in the lineup, maybe the last guest Because I really don't have as many friends as I thought Jordan's busy today But that's okay because it's time to do your job with Joe Gudrid for the first time in a while How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well, how are you, Jake? I'm okay I'm having a very moderate anniversary. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Eh, it's okay. It's happening. I got you here. I have Kenny here. It's good. I'm getting, playing the hits. But How are you doing, Kenny? Kenny's not here. Kenny was here. Oh, oh okay. It's okay. If you want to hear Kenny, you can listen back on the podcast on the official Stadium Experience SoundCloud page. For all of you out there who want to hear what happened in the past. But 
I mean, Joe, basically, I mean, we'll get a call in. Kind of breaking news in the last hour or something that I didn't see until just now is that Drew Brees will be returning to the Saints, which I I don't think it really impacts the Brady stuff. I do have a Brady thing I do want to talk about. I don't think it really impacts the Brady stuff so much because I don't think the Saints were really ever a landing spot for Brady. Kind of surprisingly almost, but so Drew Brees will be returning. He'll be returning to the Saints, and I mean, to you, does this impact, I mean, does this really impact the quarterback carousel, per se, very much? Not at all. Um, I don't think there was any doubt that Drew Brees would re-sign um, or actually return for another year uh, to New Orleans. I think it was a matter of retiring or returning, and I don't think that Brady was ever on the list to replace Drew Brees. Um, I think they were going to move to Tyson Hill. That's what all reports indicated. Um, so I don't think actually it has any impact at all on the Brady sweepstakes, so to speak. Now, what it does impact is that, and Schefter pointed this out in his tweet, it does impact the fact that, you know, in essence, Teddy Bridgewater's not going to be back. Supposedly, if you believe that there are people out there who believe that Taysom Hill can be an actual bona fide quarterback, if you imagine it's a real market for him, he is an RFA, if, I, if I'm correct. But still, I mean, those two guys are out. I think Bridgewater in the event of not a Brady return, could be a veteran option for the Patriots? I like that option. Um, I, I like Bridgewater. probably the most polished uh, product available. Um, unless you trust in Jared Stidham, which I know, because I know you, I know that's probably not your angle. Um, I like but Stidham. I think he is the safest. I think he is the safest option as a, as a veteran quarterback. I would be banging my head against the wall if I thought that we were going to bring in, you know, say a Philip Rivers uh, to try to bridge the gap to the next, the next Tom Brady, hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. whoever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as options go, I think Teddy Bridgewater has to be the top of the list. Should Brady uh, move on from new England? I don't think that we'll have any idea of whether or not that's happening for another two or three weeks. Um, as all reports indicate that Brady and, and the Patriots have not yet met uh, and won't be meeting for two weeks. Um, so I'm actually, you know, like you and like everyone else, we're kind of just sitting on our hands, you know, hoping, praying that we see Tom Brady back in a Patriots uniform this season. Yeah, and I, yeah, I probably would put Bridgewater ahead of – now, Bridgewater wasn't too impressive this year, and maybe I need to stop evaluating Bridgewater on his time in – Minnesota at this point, but I do like him more than a Mariota, than maybe even a Dalton. Maybe I don't like him as much as a Derek Carr, which is a segue because it came out a few days ago, according to Larry Fitzgerald Sr., that the Raiders are willing to offer Brady a two-year contract at $30 million per. I don't think you'll see anything like that from a Bill Belichick-run team. I, I know that Robert Kraft well, they've said that they're willing time to. and time again stepped in to ensure that Brady gets you know, his due uh, and stays on this team You know, when Belichick wanted to move on and, and start the Jimmy G era that was balanced out by Robert Kraft's desire to keep Brady. I don't think that's happening. Well, the you Patriots see that... don't have the cap space to, uh, to make that happen unless they re-sign Brady within the next three weeks. Uh, if Brady hits free agency, we have $13.7 million that yes. hits the cap of dead yep. money. Uh, and if that's the case, we don't get Tom Brady for the 2020-2021 season, in my opinion. Well, um, they ha- the reports have come out 
I was talking about them last week that they are willing to give him money in that $30 million range, which was surprising. I believe it was Curran who reported that, actually. I don't remember exactly what the report, but I know it was from a good source. That they are willing to pay, which is inter- But now to see that another team is, because I question if another team would be willing to pay him that kind of money. I thought there might be hesitancy, but clearly if that reports to be believed about the Raiders, there are teams that are willing to do that. There are teams that yeah, are. Yeah, there, there definitely are, and you know that facility's brand new. It's a new, um, you know, it's a new city. Um, so I think, you know, I wouldn't put it past Jay Gruden to try to put Brady's face on the John Gruden. Now, John Gruden, I'm sorry, on the now uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, I think it would be a smart move by ownership. I think it makes sense uh, from both a football and business perspective in Oakland, uh, but I don't see. Uh, the Patriots matching a two-year, $60 million offer unless it comes before that cap hit, uh, you know, so before March 18th. See, I might be open to a contract. Like I talked about last week. I might be open to a contract like that. I, uh, they have $47 million uh, in cap space. So overall, the hit would be about a $36 million hit, which does not leave them with a lot of wiggle room. That's the accurate. You're not getting Joe Tooney back at that point. Unless you can move Shaq Mason, no, maybe. You're, 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 you're definitely getting worse at that point, in my opinion, especially at the receiver position. There's not much there unless you want to pay star caliber money. Um, so I don't see that so much as an option. Um, well, they can I cut like Sanu. AJ Green. Uh, you know, I'd like to see an AJ Green uh, return uh, to healthy form. Uh, I, I think they franchise AJ Green. Green. I think the Bengals are going to franchise him. Uh, I would be skeptical that they franchise him with a 39-year-old quarterback who they've already moved on from, but then put him back in because they were terrible. And I don't well, think I'm saying, they have the ba- their guy. But if the Bengals are going to have Joe Burrow, you want to support now, him. Sure. If they're going to take Joe Burrow, I think they want to support him. Do they want to support him with a, you know, a $14 million uh, off-injured veteran who has really no time left uh in his own words no time left to sit on his hands because of his injuries he wants a ring uh not only does he want to get paid but he wants a ring i don't know that he wants to leave cleveland all indications are that he i mean uh cincinnati all indications are that he does not but who knows you know i feel like tom brady is you know is a draw in himself and that's why teams are willing to pay him so much money um but anyway, I mean, do you it think that really do you think Brady would be interested in the Raiders? Because that's, I mean, that's what it comes down yes, to. You do. I do. I think, I think the the Raiders present a very interesting opportunity for Brady. Um, you know, Gruden has consistently uh, shown that he doesn't mind shedding uh, shedding talent and salary uh, if he finds that it's in his way. Um, and so, what he's done with the trade of Khalil Mack and and so on and so forth has put together a, a roster that actually won more games than people expected, uh, yes. but has a they have a plethora of draft picks coming up in this upcoming draft that they could move for talent. Um, I mean, they got so much in return for Cooper. I would be surprised if they don't then do that. If this is, if this is the year that they go out and sign a, a Tom Brady-type player, they would go out and get you know a star wide receiver to put, put there with him and a good offensive line. They have the cap space, they have the money, and they have the incentive from a business perspective to spend that money and rebrand their franchise as 
the winning Las Vegas Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, so you do think the Raiders are in play then? You do think that the Raiders are a real contender? I think, I think the Raiders are a, a real contender to sign Tom Brady. Um, if they don't sign Tom Brady, then I, I don't see them doing anything. Uh, they get a Phillip Rivers or a... Well, I think a, they stick uh, with Carr at that you know, point. Like Carr, I think... I think Carr is as good as anybody they're going to get, unless you're like a really big Cam Newton guy or something. I think Carr is as good as you're going to get out there. No, definitely I think Carr would be a good, uh, you know, 1B option. I just don't see that being the goal uh, is to move forward and be the same team. I think their goal is to rebrand themselves. um, And it's more of a business goal than a football goal in the short term. Um, so I don't think Derek Carr is their guy. I think they move on either way. Uh, okay. I would be surprised if they don't sign a Teddy Bridgewater um, type player, a young quarterback who maybe didn't do so well his first time around and is getting another shot. Uh, Listen, I've seen like when the Vikings signed Matt See, I think if it's not see, I think if it's not Carr and it's not Brady, I think they draft somebody. I don't think that they're going to the well. I mean, I don't think anybody like I, said, I don't think anybody out there is really any better caliber of quarterback. Then Derek Carr. I think at that point, like maybe they draft a Justin Herbert or something. But even then, they probably want Carr to start in front of whoever they're going to get because they're not getting a tour. That even if you get a tour, you probably still need to develop him. But they're not getting. They're not getting somebody you want starting day one. So actually, uh, what I'm hearing from uh, sources, and uh, I'm now uh, as as connected as I've ever been uh, to the business, um, is that Justin Herbert is now the the target for the Miami Dolphins. Really? Um, which would lead to it to fall a little bit. And with the draft picks available to the Oakland Raiders, I would not be surprised if they move up uh, to draft a, a player of Tua's caliber, um, and especially the stardom. I think the star factor is something that they're going to chase this offseason. It's something Gruden has always chased. Um, but I think it's something that now as the Las Vegas Raiders, as a business, uh, as a business decision, it makes sense to chase the name more so than the talent. Well, I, I mean, I, I want to say maybe go after Nodell, but they kind of got burned on doing that same sort of thing last offseason. No, most definitely. I don't see that happening. Um, but they do have so, they have so many picks that I would be surprised if they don't leverage that into a, a star quarterback in some way. Well, really, the Dolphins are interested in Herbert. That, that is, you have that on good intel? I have that on good intel. Interesting. Uh, writer from The Athletic. Interesting. Uh, sure. So, I, yeah, I've, I've been working my uh, my connections, working the phone, trying to get. Because um, I, I imagine like they could, they could sit and get Herbert. Like, I imagine Herbert would be uh, like a late. They wouldn't have to pick him in the top five. They could sit on that or could at least trade up from one of their picks in the 20s. Because I don't. I mean, I say that sure, now. No, my, my thinking would be he would they'd be their pick in like the 17 uh, to 25 range. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. It seems to be his projected range, which would lead them leave them the opportunity to pick maybe a, you know, a defensive star. Uh, One of the old linemen. Uh, or somebody. Uh, and Andrew Thomas, a Wilder. Exactly. Uh, a little higher up. I wouldn't be surprised to see them spend on offense. Uh, if they're going to draft a, a Herbert, I wouldn't be surprised to see them spend on an offensive line. Um, or even a receiver. Um, Alabama has several, you know, receivers going into the draft. A lot of defensive players going into the draft, and Tua is getting a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of support from his coaches at Alabama about you know where he should go in the draft and so and so. But I don't see uh, Miami making a pick of Tua at two. Okay, at five, you mean? Um, at five, sorry. 
Uh, I see Stewart dropping um, past five to somebody in the seven to 12 range. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, an Oakland Raiders trade up or uh, even another team who doesn't necessarily need a quarterback, isn't really on the radar for a quarterback, you know, trade up and try to get the next star in Tua. Um, I would expect that to happen. Interesting. Okay, so I guess um, out you know, of... There are teams like the Giants who last year took a, took their guy, Daniel Jones, um, higher than he was projected. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the opposite happening for Tua. He's going to drop. Okay. So what do you, and I, I mean, I, I, I disagree with that just because I feel like every year the quarterback said, like, no matter how much we, and I disagree with it because just it, on principle, every year we sit here and we say the quarterbacks are going to fall. And then I will say almost every year you end up seeing all the quarterbacks you said were going to go in the mid-20s jump up in the top 10. Teams trading up, teams getting antsy, teams just wanting their guy. Like, I have a hard time seeing a scenario where Burrow, Tua, and Herbert don't all go in the top 10. Not that I think they're all top 10 talents, but I just like, in do you, as, do you how I've. There are three teams that really need a quarterback, uh, I, you know, that, that high. I, we're going to see after free agency. I mean, you got so. The Panthers might need a quarterback, the Dolphins need a quarterback. The I mean I have to see what teams are picking the top ten right off top of my head. I mean the Bucks might need a quarterback. Like I don't there are a lot of teams that might need quarterbacks come draft time. Sure. I think that there are a lot of teams that might be in the market, but there are a lot of free agent quarterbacks. No, I know there are. Um and you know, somebody's gonna get left uh with you know taking a player in the draft and riding with that guy. The Chargers. So the Chargers are teams that um, need a quarterback. The, the Chargers, I think, are going to get Jameis Winston, um, which surprisingly doesn't doesn't seem to excite anybody, not surprisingly. Um, you know, you think if you're going to move on from Phillip Rivers, you would have somebody at least a little bit better to take the, take the reins, so to speak. Uh, and I don't think that that's actually who Jameis is. I think Jameis Winston is what he is. They brought in Bruce Arians in, into Tampa Bay to try to fix that. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do it. I don't think that there is an improvement factor for him at this point in his career. But I would be surprised if they don't get uh, James Winston. Okay. that's. An, I mean, I think maybe a team like the Colts might be a threat to move up into that top ten if they feel like something they want is going to get taken. Maybe move up would say, I don't know, the Cardinals move to eight if they think the Jaguars are going after sure. a guy they want. There's a Jaguars sure. might be looking. I would actually, I would actually suggest um, that the team that is – really competing for a top quarterback in the draft is going to be someone no one expects. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, we're not even going to know who that is until after free agency. No, exactly. Um, but I'd uh, say the person who jumps into the draft might be someone that we're talking about right now. Yeah. Um, except that I think the Jacksonville draft for quarterback um, as early as possible. The reason being is that I don't think that Minshew is their guy. Um, you know, he had a really good start to his career there in Jacksonville and then kind of tapered off. I don't think Nick Foles will be their guy of the future. Um, I would be surprised if they don't draft someone and try to move a Nick Foles uh, to a team that's destined for a quarterback now. Jacksonville is not in the win now mode. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. like I said, like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and speculate exactly what teams. I'm just saying, like, if the trends follow, it usually winds up that a lot of these quarterbacks go a lot, go a lot higher than we have them. Than we have them going this time of year. Just following the trend. But I mean, I guess 
just you're looking at it. We talk about some destination. Talk about the Chargers. I mean, who do you who do you have pegged as the favorite for Brady? And it can even be the Patriots, but I just who? What, if you had to call I, it, I think right- the favorite is by far the Patriots, um, because for two reasons. One, because they have the cap space uh, to sign somebody else. You know, to sign a star receiver, to go out and sign whoever. The familiarity factor is there with the system. The system works. Um, and the fact that we have not that many stars on defense. I mean, there are a few people uh, as free agents. You know, the McCordys, the uh, in- one of the McCordys. The, the, the entire linebacking core. Yes, yeah. But I don't think that there's really a need to upgrade, uh, upgrade in defense. You know, if we can sign our guys back, I think we really give ourselves – you know, a thirty somewhere between fifteen and thirty million dollars cap space to go out and sign a receiver. Oh, I say they're not, they're not going to have receiver. close to that. Oh, I think they will because I think Tom Brady wants to win. I don't think he wants the money. Uh, I think he wants the guaranteed contract. I think he wants the so idea of the money. I think he wants to be offered sure. the money. I've said this. I've had this. Sure. I've had this outside theory that I think it's possible that Brady just wants to be offered the money. He wants to be in the conversation as the greatest of all time, no no doubt. He is the greatest of all time, but he wants to be paid like the greatest of all time. I don't see that. I see him wanting to win another ring. Um, so I would be surprised if he doesn't take somewhere in the two years guaranteed $45 million range. Okay. Um, which would make him, you know, slightly less higher paid, but would open up He's... a lot of cap space to go play with some weapons. Well, listen, if um, – I think the team needs to at least extend the offer to him of $30 million. I think he will not. I think he might walk. I, I'm not saying he wants that. I'm not saying he will take that. But I do think that he at least wants the idea of that money. He wants to be offered that money. I think that that, that clearly matters to him or he wouldn't be doing any of this right now. This would have been done. But on that note, I do. But if they do give him that $30 million, they're in kind of a tough spot, I think, because then they have about $12 million in cap room to play around with with all their free agents. So like I said before, you're not getting Tooney back for that. You can cut Mohamed Sanu and save his entire $6.5 million salary. I think that's something that might – I think that's a possibility in all honesty. Um, I don't see them cutting Mohamed Sanu unless they find a comparable replacement. Well, that's my point. Um, but if I you wouldn't can get- be surprised to see – a Danny Amendola return for somewhere in the range of one year, two million. Me too. I'm, um, I see the same thing. But say you can I, I, cut. I see like a Brady, a Brady's going to get some tools. I don't know if those tools are going to be new and flashy. I think those tools are going to be old, dependable, and are what they are. Um, well, say that you can you know, cut Sanu and sign Amendola for two million and sign like uh, a Tyler Eifert for five. Do it. I agree. No, I agree. Like a heartbeat. I would also, you know, I go after OJ Howard very hard. He's not a free. Um, is he free agent? Tampa Bay. He's not. Uh, but if Tampa Bay wants, uh, well, all indications are that they want to begin the rebuilding process. If they don't go after, um, you know, Jameis Winston, and they want to draft a quarterback, mm-hmm. he becomes available. Um, and if that's the case, you can get OJ Howard. In, in my opinion, for somewhere, I think his his cap hit is somewhere in the range of six to seven million dollars. Okay. Um, I know they were talking about him last year. Available. Uh, we have the draft picks available to go after him. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't do that. I would honestly go. I, last year I talked about, I was very in on them going after Brait, actually. Last offseason. Uh, well, A, I think it would just cost less than O.J. Howard. He makes less. And I think that the team that he would, because he's an older player, he just I, he's just, 
He would just, he would instantly become the best player on the team. And I think they could have him for cheap. Basically, is why. He's a good blocker. He's a decent receiver. I know he didn't have a good year this year. I think he had like 100 yards this year. But he has been a solid two-way tight end. I think that they could have him for cheap. Because also, him and O.J. Howard sure. both did nothing this year. I mean, they both had awful years. But I remember. So I actually, I just looked it up, and actually, I, I was wrong. O.J. Howard carries a cap hit of $3.5 million, um, not even five or six. So I really think that uh, he would be the player to go after. I would be in, um, I would be in I would be in on either of them. I'd be in on either of those two. Like if Tampa Bay is like selling their tight ends, I'd be in on either of those guys. Yes, I would be in on. Depending on the price. I would, to be honest, I would be in on any tight end in the market. Um, Hunter Henry. No matter who that is. Hunter Henry, I'd maybe. Go after Hunter Henry, I'd go after a Jimmy Graham. I'd go after any of those. Ah, guys. Graham's you know, been kind of. Ah, Graham's been kind of a bum. Grant, maybe not Graham. Sure. Graham's been kind of a bum on that team. He's not really one of their weapons. I mean, they go to DK Metcalf more often than they go to Jimmy Graham. He's been, he was um, on the Packers. Oh, you're right. He That's how much you don't. That's how bad Jamie Graham's uh, been. You don't remember what team he's on. That's my point. Um, no, and I'm not calling you, know, you out there, Joe. I'm, I'm using that to make my point no, that Jimmy yeah. Graham has not been good. Uh, no, definitely. I mean, he, he averaged 11 yards a, ca- uh, a catch this season. Uh, with three touchdowns, only 38 receptions. And that team was I, desperate. I that team was desperate for somebody to compliment Devontae Adams. No, definitely. They needed someone in the red zone. Um, they didn't really get that help. But I, then again, I don't see a lot of teams that are willing to sell their weapons right now unless they're rebuilding, and we yeah. won't know who that is. So no. Brady really is going to have the opportunity, I think, to craft uh, kind of the message that he wants is going to be if he wants talent, which is what all reports seem to indicate then New England is not the place if he wants $30 million a year. No. Um, but if he wants to win, New England has the system. New England has the head coach. Even if there's a little bit of tension there, it has the offensive coordinator. Um, it has the defense. Uh, um, yeah, defense yeah. might fall apart a little bit. Defense, is, defense could take some hits. The defense is definitely going to take some hits no matter what. Um, but I think that definitely the scheme is there. Uh, the play calling is there. Um, and if you re-sign one of the McCordys and at least one of the linebackers well, uh, in that linebacking core, I well, think we've shown that Jason isn't. Jason is not a free agent. Jason, though, they could cut and save about I think four or five million dollars, which the ideal situation would be you cut him and Joe Jawan's ready, or J.C. Jackson's ready to play more, and then that can be. Something. I wouldn't be surprised to see J.C. Jackson at the number one option. Um, well, number two. I mean, I you think he earned more playing time. Sure. And I don't know if if Belichick is ready to, to kind of slide him into the number two corner slot again um, if the linebackers are less able to cover. Mm-hmm. But we will see. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just saying, I like, th- there's an option. Like, that, I mean, we'll that's, you know, the that's the prude move if you can move on from Jason McCourty, save that money, and then transition to a younger guy who you picked. But I, I, I mean, losing McCourty could be a big, because McCourty was excellent this year. He was, and he has been consistently excellent. Um, you know, I just I see Belichick make that making that move to save. I think it's something like four million dollars. Yeah, um, no, Jay, McC- Jason McCourty, they can move on. Devin McCourty, though, they don't have a young safety in the pipeline right now. And even if they did, they don't move on from Jason McCourty. Uh, Devin, in my opinion, I think he's the captain of that defense. Devin, uh, Devin McCourty, right? Yeah. De- yeah, Devin McCourty. So. Devin, Devin might retire too. Like I don't, I don't like. I'd rather I'd rather maintain him than a Van Noy or a Jamie Collins by a mile. Oh, no doubt. I think he is the heart of that defense. I also just think that at this point, a lot 
is up in the air for this team because of Tom Brady, and that, that goes yeah. without saying. But even defensively, I mean, if this team moves on from from Tom Brady and they go with a Jared Stidham, for example, at worst case scenario, I don't see Devin McCourty coming back. Well, I think um, I think you have a higher chance of McCourty coming back at that point because I have the money. See, I, I don't think that the money in that case is really what it's in, what he's in it for. He's in it he's in it to win. He's already got the money. Um, you know, I think if it's a question of retire or come back, generally it's not about the money. Generally, it's about wanting to win one more. Um, if it's, if that's the case, I don't see uh, some of these older guys wanting to re-sign the Patriots um, for a cost-effective purpose, unless there's a winning championship title opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I know, I know what you're saying. I mean, I, I don't know necessarily where. I mean, McCourty is only what 31. Like he's a lot younger than you think. But I, man, I would hope I hope that they can maintain McCourty because McCourty, I think, is just crucial for the team to just keep it together. Like I said, they're gonna lose on. I think that they can. I relented on the fact that Kyle Van Noy is actually good a while ago. But I do still think that they can make another player like that. They can find. I mean, also him and Jamie Collins kind of fell off down the stretch. Nobody talking about it. But Jamie, like Jamie, like Jamie Collins was amazing for the first like six games of the season. No, like, definitely, and you know he's been amazing consistently uh, for that that first eight to ten game stretch. He, he was everywhere, entire career, doing everything. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's what's going to happen in the future. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. I also wouldn't rule out them, you know, going younger on defense in order to save money for the offense. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't no, seem like Belichick, Belichick wants to do that. It's really, I think, and this, at this point, Brady holds the team hostage, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and the fans don't want to admit that to themselves. Oh no, he does. Uh, no oh, he does. No, he he, he does. Um, but that's just the nature of it. So, as far as speculation goes, um, you know, if Brady resigns, I think you know it's all sunshine and rainbows. And if he doesn't, then we're really in a rebuilding mode. Um, and I would be surprised if you don't see a lot less fans um, at Foxborough than you usually do. I mean, I remember earlier this year, the tickets for the Titans playoff game were the cheapest tickets that Patriots had put out in like five years. Uh, the secondary market was extremely cheap. The hype around this team is, is really dying um, because they don't think that Brady's happy and they don't think that we have the weapons to win. So, I would be surprised if, if there's not a revolt if Brady doesn't uh, doesn't resign. I also think the team will be competitive if they don't bring back Brady with anybody, assuming that they make the right decision. But I understand. No, I get what you're saying. So I, I like I said, it's just I talk about it every week. I've been writing a series about it. There's just there's a lot in flux with the Patriots now, and that's kind of long and short of it. So any final thoughts, Job? No, that's about it, Jake. Uh, last thought is that the Red Sox are going to win over 85 games. I know that's what Vegas hasn't set at, but Jonathan Lucroy is a quality catching option um, through platoon with a with a Christian Vasquez, and I think uh, this Red Sox team will go out to prove that they are not just a Mookie Betts team. Um, that's my last thought. You I'll know what? That's, that. it's, it's, it's nice that you think that, Job. All right, thanks for coming in, Job. All right, I'll talk to you soon, right. Jake. Happy three years. Thank you. All right, and that was Job Gudrid of I don't know what he does these days. I think he's in the Peace Corps last time I talked to him, but he's hearing things. Hearing things about Justin Herbert to the Dolphins. Fun little tidbit. I'm going to keep that in mind. So anyway, though, that, I think, is just about going to do things for us here 
So thank you to everybody, really, who's been listening and supporting the show and supporting me. I mean, you know, I know the show isn't massively popular like I would like it to be, but I enjoy doing it. It's something I want to do for a long time. It's something I want to do in some capacity my entire life. So I like talking to you people. I like talking at you people. I like talking about what I think. I like you people listening to what I think. So thank you to everybody who's listened, everybody who's supported, everybody who's ever come on the show, everybody who's tried to help me learn things. Everything. So who knows if there'll be a fourth year. I'm graduating, but I'll keep doing this somehow. I'll let you people know where I am, where you can hear me, where you can read me. So once again, everybody, thank you. Have a good weekend, and let's... Maybe year four will be good. So I'll see you all next time. Next week, noon, noon to two, Tuesday, right here on 90.7 WXIN. This is Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley. Have a lovely weekend, and I will see you next time.